Welcome in to the Bear Down Podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. We host Black Abdal weeknights, 6 day right here on ESPN 1000. And also Tuesdays and Thursdays, we talk Bears football with you here on the Bear Down Podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. How about this? Abdallah in the building. We haven't talked to you on the Bear Down Podcast in a few. What happened? They lose? Uh, yeah, they lost to the Vikings. <laughs> uh, but how about this? I, I think most uh, opinions on the Bears have been pretty positive in the last week or so. Yeah, they've won, uh, what, the new hires? They've won the offseason, kind of? Bringing in Kevin Warren as the new president and having a, uh, a, a guy who's going to lead this team into the future, uh, whether it's the on the football side or on the business side, and on the first and foremost, the new stadium side, right? Like, everybody seems to be high on Kevin Warren, coming over from the Big Ten, having worked for the Vikings before, having worked for a couple of other NFL teams. He's, he did a lot for the Big Ten. Right, he did a, with the with the TV deals and bringing in teams yeah. from the Pac-12 and expansion, seven, seven billion dollars, yeah, right? or it's a and lot of money. He knows what he wants to do. He's got a plan, and he wants to implement it. And, you know, there was the report um, from Stuart Mandel uh, from the Athletic that you know he kind of pissed off some people in college football while he was there because of his plan and what he wanted to do and how he was like, well, I'm taking care of my conference. And I like that. He's taking care of his football team. He's taking care of his conference in the Big Ten. And now he's going to take care of the Bears. And I like someone that comes in with a plan and and he's going to get what he sees fit for this team no matter what. And I think it's going to be good for the Bears leading him into the future. On uh, Tuesday's episode, we featured a lot of uh, audio from Kevin Warren introducing uh, himself to the media George McCaskey. Uh, if you want to hear that audio, check out the Bear Down podcast, the episode from Tuesday. Uh, we also have news uh, from the Bears yesterday. Uh, Justin Fields was named the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year for the team. Uh, I don't think that should really be too much of a surprise. Justin Fields was by far their best player this season. And then offensively, no question, he was the most important, the best offensive player for the Chicago Bears. Uh, but also, uh, tip of the cap, Justin Fields the MVP for the Bears in the year 2023. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, it's going to be him. He was dynamic uh, towards the middle of the season, and then he was injured and then came back and was still good. And then when the, when the offensive line started to fall apart around him towards the end of the season, that's when you kind of saw him fall apart. I think that, you know, to, to recap our predictions from the beginning of the season, obviously we were wrong about the win total. We were wrong about them winning over six games. We were wrong about them being in the hunt midway through the season around that Packers game like we talked about. We were wrong about that stuff. But I do think that there were a few things that we were right about, right? And leading into the season, I said that three guys needed a restart. Yeah. Right? And one of them was Justin Fields. And I think that... uh, I don't want to offend people. I think that intelligent minds would say that Fields is the guy for next year. This idea of drafting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, to me, is dumb. You know what Justin Fields is when he's at his best. He can run. He can make the throws. He does. He has had the worst situation around him in the NFL. A horrible offensive line, the worst offensive line in the NFL that was injured, which made them even worse towards the end of the season, and 
His number one wide receiver was hurt in Darnell Mooney towards the end of the season. Chase Claypool didn't barely played after being traded for here, and he just didn't have anybody. Get the kid a number one wide receiver. Get him a real number two wide receiver. Get him a real offensive line. But I think you saw from what we saw two years ago when Matt Nagy was still here, we saw flashes, certain plays. You'd be like, okay, that was a really good throw. Let's build on that. That was a really good play. That was a really good series. Now we're, we saw complete games where you were like, that was a great game. That was another good game. They had a lot of games that were decided by one score that were out of his control, right? He didn't have the ball ripped out of him, ripped out of his hands against the Vikings. He put them in a position to win, and they had the ball at the end of games multiple times. To me, that's a win for Justin Fields. So I think we were right about our assessment of Justin Fields making progress, Okay. The next one was Cole Komet. Cole Komet has had to have a better season, and I thought he did have a very good season. Now, is he Travis Kelsey yet? Absolutely not. But he's established himself as a tight end that Fields can go to in short-down situation when you need those tough three yards to get a first down, when you need someone to block for it. Like, he's not just a blocker anymore, right? He's not just a guy that gets stuck to the guy covering him and he drops the ball. He became a go-to target for Justin Fields, and I think that that was good for him. I was surprised in doing the research. I talked about this on the big show uh, last week. Cole Komet had a much better season this year, but he had fewer receptions and fewer yards. Hmm touchdowns were way up. Yeah. And I I think that was more impactful and it felt like he had a better season. But I was surprised when I was doing the research that the receptions for Cole Komet this year were actually lower than what they were last year. And his yardage was down. But they were also more impactful yards, I think. Like you saw at times, you're like, man, they need six yards. Oh, Cole Komet's right there. Like that's, I think when you're making an impact on the game. Some of the touchdown catches were were huge receptions, yardage, the whole thing. But garbage yards at the end of games when you're getting blown out like we saw them two years ago. Don't, don't count for me. And then the third guy, although he was injured for most of the second half, is Eddie Jackson. I thought Eddie Jackson was having a terrific year when he came when he was playing in this new system with Matt Eberflus. He won the, uh, you speak of awards, he won the Ball Hawk Award. We talked about that. Eddie Jackson needs to get back to finding the football on defense. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was tackling better. He was making better plays. He was better in coverage. He was finding the football and forcing turnovers. Like that to me, those three guys, all three guys that we said we needed to see more from that I was giving a blank slate with this new coaching staff coming in and creating a new offensive system, a new defensive scheme for everybody. I thought all three of those three of those guys performed very well when they were healthy. The article is from uh, Bears.com, and this is what it says about Justin Fields. Due to his all-around improvement as a quarterback and his leadership, ChicagoBears.com selects Justin Fields as the Bears' most valuable player and the Offensive Player of the Year for this season. So, yeah, I I think you're right, Abdal. All three of those players definitely um, improved, and they all can contribute to the future. I know Eddie Jackson, I don't know how much he matters to the future, but getting better play out of him certainly matters. Oh, look, you know, he's, like he, he's, he doesn't, um, as far as commit and fields, their development long-term certainly impacts the franchise. Eddie Jackson, I would imagine when the team is competing for Super Bowls, probably won't be around. I would guess. So he's got two years left on his contract and that's kind of it. 
Yeah, and, and who knows? Maybe in the next two years he continues to play the way he has mm-hmm. in the last season, and he is like someone you sign again, and he becomes you know a lifelong Bears player. That would be cool if he played that well for yeah. that long, and and he could enter the conversation of like former great uh, safeties and corners that the Bears have had, like Mike Brown or or Charles Tillman. Um, you know, obviously he has not had the success that Tillman has had, but. No. You know, Tillman was here for a long time, so it develops over over that uh, period amount of time that you're here. Yeah, and then to look to the future, like guys I'll, I'll key in on for next year, Chase Claypool for sure. You have to be better. I mean, if they traded what's going to be the 33rd overall pick for you, like you have to be better. I don't need you to be a number one, but you need to be the best number two, right? And then Kyler Gordon needs to get better too. Like Kyler Gordon needs to improve. He needs to come in and with a full off season with this playbook and everything. He did have one last year too because he was drafted and they, he was there for all of training camp and he was uh, he was fine. So him and then I don't know what we're going to get out of Vilas Jones, but to me those two guys for sure. Like I haven't you know I got to see who they who they sign, who they draft, all that kind of stuff. But just going into next season, the two guys I need to see the most from next year, I'm going to go besides Justin Fields, obviously continuing to improve and, and be a better passer. I'm going to go with uh, with Chase Claypool and I'm going to go with uh, Kyler Gordon for those two guys to to improve next year. Hopefully this all happens. The money is spent wisely and the draft picks hit next year. And we're talking about the Bears in the divisional round of the playoffs. That would be ideal. Um, There's no guarantee here for them to get to the playoffs. But I think that would be the goal. If you could somehow find a way to be competitive and in the hunt at the end of the season to sneak your way into the, the wild card round, that would be great. And when you have a good quarterback who can change the game like Fields, anything can happen. In a playoff game, I mean, heck, the Giants went on the road with, with Daniel Jones yeah. and won a playoff game last weekend. So as we look ahead to this weekend, the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, things start on Saturday, Jacksonville at Kansas City, 3.30 game on NBC. The Chiefs are big-time favorites in this one. I usually, as, as far as a rule of thumb throughout the season... You and I love gambling on the NFL. We love talking about the NFL. Usually, you know me, usually, if I get a quarterback that I think is very talented and he is getting a lot of points over seven, I'm almost always going to bet with that side. And I I kind of feel that vibe with Trevor Lawrence. What he was able to do in the second half to come back last week in in the wild card thriller, of a playoff game against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. The the only thing against that concept, though, is the the Jacksonville defense is not very good. No, and at that point, that's where the game could get out of hand. Is if Jacksonville can't consistently score when they touch the football because Kansas City's defense is a little bit better. Uh, you know, Kansas City is going to score points at home, and they're probably going to score a lot. You know, and that's what makes this game, as far as handicapping and betting on it, makes it kind of difficult. Yeah, I mean, if I'm just picking up a straight-up winner, I think Kansas City moves on. But as far as the spread goes, it's 8.5. Football Outsiders has it as 9 by using their metrics, so they believe that Kansas City should win by 9 points. Um, The problem is Jacksonville needed all of those minutes in that game to win against the Chargers, right? And... With Patrick Mahomes 
and it's like, let's say it's tied at the end, or t- tied close to the, to the end of the game, two minutes, Patrick Mahomes has the football, they're going to win that game. However, that means that Jacksonville's covering. Like, does Jacksonville's offense have enough to keep up with Kansas City? Because I don't think that... Well, yeah, like, that, that's, that's, I think that's the angle, because... The other the other element of that is you mentioned they need it every minute against the Chargers. What were the Chargers horrific at? Defense. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers were 29th in defensive yards per play this season. So when you fill out the idea of a comeback, a part of that equation is how bad the yeah. Chargers defense is. And Kansas City will not be that. Well, they're 17th in defensive DVOA, but... Jacksonville's 26th. Uh, Kansas City's 9th in uh, yards yeah. per play defensively. So if I'm, if I'm going to bank on a team getting a couple stops, it's going to be Kansas City getting those stops. Yeah. Kansas City's going to be able to score, if you just look at the numbers, whenever they want to. Right. And I think that coming off of that emotional win for Jacksonville, you know, obviously uh, it's big for them to be competing on this stage. They haven't done it. Trevor Lawrence has never done it in the NFL. Um, I, it's tough to take the points with Jacksonville just because you still have a first time. He's not a rookie, but it's his first time in the playoffs, first time in a divisional game. I think I'm going to go with Kansas City. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw Carmen talk about this last week. I think it was all over the place after the game. Trevor Lawrence has never lost a football game on Saturday. Never lost right? on a Saturday. So that's uh, his time at Clemson mm-hmm. in the NFL with Jacksonville. I believe in high school too. He probably. I, I mean, think he, he was so hyped his, his when he from like sixteen on. He was the best quarterback in the country. I believe. I'd be surprised who, if they lost. I believe whoever was throwing that stat around said that the games he lost in high school were on Friday nights. Okay. So so I mean, not that that really matters because um, also I, I would say. As far as vibe goes, I think Kansas City has the best home field vibe of any team in the Dude, NFL. Look what they were they were doing the dumb naggy plays. They were just messing with teams. Like yeah, but atmosphere. I think, uh, yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. I think Chiefs, yeah. Arrowhead, I think that's the best atmosphere in the NFL. I'll say this, and you're probably gonna hear it a few more times in these games. Kansas City's gonna be in a teaser. Like Kansas City, I'm gonna bring that that I'm gonna bring that spread down. Six points to two and a half instead of eight and a half because I think they win by three. Like I think that I can. If this game was two and a half, I'd be like Kansas City all day, all day. If I had to bet right now, I would place my bet Kansas City minus the points, minus the eight and a half. Yeah, I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Like like I started this conversation, I like the young quarterbacks getting points, but I just think the difference in the defenses. I think we're we're not giving enough credit to Kansas City. And they're a different beast than what yeah. they saw against the Chargers. And if I had to place that bet right this second, I would go Kansas City minus the points. I agree. It's a with lot you. of points. It's a lot of points in the I playoffs. Agree with you. A lot I of agree points. With you. But if we look at if we look at what happened last week against the teams that were lower in DVOA, they got rocked. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, throughout the season, Jacksonville has been around the top ten yeah. for most of the season That's in DVOA. Fair. That's fair. That's uh, fair. Giants Eagles night game seven fifteen on Fox. I think the Eagles win this easily. They're the favorite big time seven and a half. So this is what we saw last week with the Vikings, right? The Giants are by far the worst team in DVOA this week. 
Uh, they are 21st in DVOA. They have the 10th ranked offense, the 29th ranked defense. I feel like with the extra week of rest for Jalen Hurts, he's not even on the injury report. I think that they come out firing on all cylinders. I think I agree with you. I would hope maybe this line comes down to seven by the time we get to Saturday night. So I can bet it there uh, at seven because the, the hook always scares me a little bit. But uh, again, We'll probably be in. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to do a Kansas City and Eagles uh, teaser because that takes it down to one and a half for the Eagles and two and a half for Kansas City. Uh, and I'll, I'll play that because I feel like that's going to be a winner there. Because I agree with you. I think it could be. They could win by 10. They could win by 14. But again, like Dable's good, man. Like he finds a way. He's really good. He finds a way. But this Eagles defense, they're healthy now. And they're uh, sixth in defensive DVOA. I, I think that I'm. I I think they do cover. It's close though, but I'm going to go with you. And I think that they, I think both teams on Saturday cover their number. On Sunday, uh, I think the game of the weekend: Cincinnati at Buffalo, two o'clock CBS. Buffalo is the favorite right now by five and a half points. I think there's going to be a little edge with uh, Joe Swag and Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I I think they are very good. I think uh, the Bills at times this season offensively have been a little sloppy. And uh, I get that they've been the Super Bowl favorite since September. I really like Joe Burrow getting points on the road. I I think that uh, this is a situation that anything above three, and I'm going with the the road team in this situation. Yeah, I mean... Look, they go out to that 14-point lead against the Dolphins, and everybody's like, all right, well, it's 17 nothing, it's 17-3, and then it's all of a sudden it's 17-6, 17-9, 17-17, and it's back and forth for the whole rest of the game, right? And to me, that's against a backup quarterback, and you're, you're at home. Like, you're supposed to be, like, you're supposed to be Buffalo. Like, you're supposed to be, like, this is supposed to be the year, right? This is supposed to be the Buffalo's year. This, going into the, the season... It was going to be like this was supposed to be Buffalo's deal, the, the, the most talented team on, on paper in the AFC. Is there anything to that, though, with the uh, third time in a season? It might be. Miami, be. Miami, Buffalo, divisional rivals. It gets tricky for the third game. You've got a backup in the quarterback. You've got a first time head coach in the playoffs. Like, that just felt like Buffalo should have ran away with that game. I felt yeah. like they, 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 they let Miami back in that game. But I, th- I agree with you. I think you have, I don't know if the magic is carrying over from last year, but. I would take if this is five and a half on Sunday. I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. I yeah. like the five and a half. And then the uh, final game of the divisional round: Cowboys 49ers, Fox five thirty, and the 49ers are the favorite by four and a half. If the 49ers were not starting their third string quarterback, the the argument would be made that this is the Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. In the NFC at the moment, in some spots they are the favorite over the Eagles. Um, but they're good. The 49ers are good. They run the football. Their defense is fantastic. And Brock Purdy, to this point, has not played like a third-string rookie quarterback. He's been pretty good. Cowboys get a lot of hype after beating Brady and the Bucks on the road on Monday night. Can Dak get it done on the road in, an, in a, a second week of the playoffs? This is a fantastic game. Plus, as kids of the 90s, mm-hmm. there is nothing more nostalgic than Cowboys 49ers 
in the playoffs. Yep. Yesterday, I was sitting at home on YouTube. You can search it. The 94 NFC Championship game. Cowboys, 49ers, and it's the 49ers hosting. And they eventually won, went on to the Super Bowl, win the game. I, the intro to the game is awesome. The game is fun to watch. That's it for me. Cowboys 49ers from the 90s. I love that. Yeah, as someone who lived with you and knows you have 49er sheets at one point. I did. Uh, I, I know this uh, This nostalgia is right up your alley. Uh, I will say this. The number one play on Football Outsiders this week is 49ers minus the points. They have this game rated as a, as should be a six-point spread rather than the four that it's currently at right now. So I, I know it's a backup quarterback. I know it's their third-string quarterback. But Shanahan knows what he's doing. They've got a great defense. They've got playmakers. Dak has been suspect at times this season. He can throw. He's had games where he's played well, and he's had games where he throws a lot of picks. And right now, San Francisco having the number one defense in DVOA, I think I'm going to go with San Francisco. They're at home. They got the better defense. They might have the better offense. The X factor is Dak. I get it. I get it. Dak is better than Brock Purdy. But Shanahan finds who's a better coach. Who's a better coach? Shanahan. Okay. 100%. I think I'm going 49ers in this game. Is there... Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, is there... If you said a defense that's closest to the 49ers, who would you say? Like, like uh, statistically? Yeah. I mean, Dallas is the next one. They're the, the second best defense. What about... Uh, well, someone that the, the Cowboys would have played. Philly has the sixth. So against Philly... Uh, let's see. Dak only played Philly once this year. And in the game that he played in December, Christmas Eve, uh, the Cowboys put up 40 points. He had three touchdowns, one interception. Okay. That- I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to find something because you're right. Dak didn't play well this season. He was he was like, okay. He just wasn't very, like, he wasn't uh, outrageously good. Yeah. Um. And that's basically it. The Cowboys didn't really face any great defenses outside of Philly. No, they really didn't. Tampa in the playoff game. I mean, yeah. Tampa's defense was pretty good. He had four touchdowns last week, 300 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. And they, they lost to Tampa, uh, remember the opener, season opener. He went 14 of 29, uh, no touchdowns, one interception. They only scored three points, but yeah, that was September. Yeah. So uh, I think it's, I agree with you. I, w- I would go 49ers. Yeah, I just think that's, I don't know. I feel like they have, besides Dak and the quarterback matchup, I get it's the most important part on the field, but they have the coaching edge. They have the defensive edge. I think they have the weapons edge as well. They have the better defense. Like it's, I, it, Everything just seems lining up. Like I feel like Vegas is begging you to take the Cowboys. Check out our show. We hosted earlier today on Greeny. So the show is posted on the Black and Abdallah page. Uh, Tyler Aki has the big show tonight at 6. I'll be back tomorrow night uh, at 6 o'clock Friday night. All calls welcome on Black and Abdallah. And also, we will be back here on the Bear Down podcast next week, Tuesday and Thursday, right here on the ESPN Chicago app. Enjoy the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Talk to you later.